Hello, friends, and welcome to the podcast. This is episode 64 of the Questions Podcast. We're back with some real spiritual minty freshness. And a barge load of cold-blooded love. Yes, indeed. Cold-blooded love abounds. For days. For days. We're a little a day late today, coming on Friday instead of Thursday. Sometimes we come on Wednesday when we're really on top of things. When we actually are in the office, which right now with the physical social distancing thing, that's kind of difficult to do. Something's come between us, Miles. I know, this coronavirus. About six feet. Because normally I'd be high-fiving you across the yeah, table. That's right, that's right. We'll do the uh, air high-five. Air high-five. Five. Yeah. Okay. Well, we're, we're coming a little bit late because you uh, got to see the new grandbaby. Yeah, I went up first and, time. you know, everybody kind of looks at babies and tries to get them to do things. Yeah. So. Yep. And, and I love when, like, they kind of scrunch up their face and it, everybody thinks it's a smile, but really it's just... Good old gas. Yeah, there you go. Yeah, that that poor baby was colicky. Oh no! Yeah, that's no fun. Little it was baby like Colby, the, right? Yeah, like the James Brown car alarm, man. Wham, wham. Where did the name good. Colby come from? I have no idea. Oh, okay. It's not like a family name or something, but that's the name. Yeah, so, awesome. Groovy. Did you hold the wee little one all the time? There's oh, the photographic evidence. Man, oh man. I'm always afraid I'm going to break them. They're they're very very flexible and yeah they don't break so much yeah but I mean you can't just go taking newborns and start slinging them around like they're a tuna or something you know you gotta well the tunas that you sling around are dead that's true so but you don't want to bruise the tuna because then you get bruises true true I yeah, tell no you no bruise tuna because that meat it decreases in value I know I the tuna my son I watched him uh, him and his buddy pulled a a couple of hundred and forty pound bluefin off the side of a boat. And slap, this tuna just goes down on the dock, right? Because they uh-huh. put it out in the bag. Yeah. And the other guy was all up tight. He goes, you know, like, you're going to bruise the tuna. And my son's like, it's dead. He goes, yeah, but you're going to bruise it. It's going to look funny. He goes, yeah, I don't eat fish. I don't care. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> he, he hates fish. That's so weird to me. I Oh. I've, I've not been able to understand this whole thing. I mean, he is like. He likes catching them. He's the, the fishing boat captain. and Yeah. I mean, it's like not just his job, but his hobby. Yeah. And he doesn't eat it. Nope. Does he like any seafood? You know, I don't know. I have to, it, I, I, he's not a big seafood guy. He likes food at sea. Yeah, but not about the, but see, when you're on the boat, you eat a lot of fish. Okay. So if, you, if you're not crazy about fish, you do not want to eat it when you're off the boat. Okay. So, that, that makes sense. But anyway, but yeah, the, I had some of that. Little bluefin came home, and we had some ahi pokey. They call Ooh, it. Ooh, nice! You know, nice. so my wife makes it with rice and uh, bluefin that's in teriyaki sauce, uh-huh. raw, and then you um, throw some ginger in there. There is some mango, Ooh, okay, in there floating around, and cucumbers and avocado. You're making me hungry, man. Sriracha sauce stuff. I like sriracha. Good stuff, man. Mm. It's kind of yeah. It was funny, so. So, um, life in the Central Coast was nice. You had a good time. The weather is nice up there. Yeah. I got it's the, been pretty good here. It hasn't yeah, been terribly hot. I got the distinct impression they're way less uptight about the whole Corona virus thing. Yeah. And I didn't see a lot of masks. I, I get the sense that things are starting to ease up a little bit. It I'm seems not, like, yeah. I, I think because people are easing up and fed up and tired and that whole deal. I'm definitely the other day we rode around Escondido and we had a little game where we were counting and like, you know, you get up to 10 or 12 people. I'm like, Oh, there's a mask. So I, I love, people are I love when it. you see people wearing a mask in their car by themselves. Okay. Windows up on the freeway mask on. I saw this guy. I think this is probably his dream. I just saw him 10 minutes ago, 15 minutes ago. So he was driving a, like a early nineties, pristine crown Victoria car. Crown Vic. Yep. Then it looked, it had either never been painted or it had just been painted. But this thing looked like brand new. Nice. And he had, you know what pool noodles are? Yeah. So he had pool noodles strapped to the doors. Really? I I guess to avoid parking lot dings. Oh, okay. Well, and you know, those Crown Victorias are very, very highly sought after. Right. Yeah. It's almost yeah. like a Ferrari. Yeah. Almost. Yeah. And so close. Uh, yeah. And then he had like the mask on uh-huh. and the windows up and he, w- nothing was getting to that guy. No, no, he's no, safe. You were not going to ding his car or. I was talking with one yeah. of our, 
uh, faithful members at Cross Connection. We got a lot of those. We do. And she was telling me that um, one of her coworkers, I think she said, was on a Zoom call. You know, Zoom, the video conference thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And the person on the other side of the Zoom call was wearing a mask. Well, computer virus, man, right? Yeah. You think you might be taking this a little too far. You know what? What? We could totally spread... The rumor. Oh, it's already being spread, man. That is, that's it's computer being spread virus? by five G. It's been all that whole deal. Oh but, man, you know, I um, I didn't have my my mask with me the other day, mm. and my wife had made a comment that well, you need to get a mask because all I had all I had left was to actually get one of the the real N95 things. She goes, you don't need to wear that. That's kind of a little overkill. I said, well, I don't have anything else. And she said, well, we could get one of the sewn ones for you. I said, you know what I really want? I keep thinking about this, and I probably should do it. Um, I was on Amazon the other day because that's that's the only business that's doing really well <laughs> yeah, right now. Yeah, tell me about it. Um, and you know Bane from the Batman movie. Oh, yeah. So they have a Bane mask. And did I was you, thinking... Did it, you get it? it? Totally, well, it said it wouldn't be here until like July 13th, which oh, was kind of a bummer. that. But I mean, it is full on like the whole covers over the top of the head, the whole deal. And I mean, it looks like Bane. And I, obviously, that's not going to protect anything. But I don't, I'm not really sure that the little cloth sewn one is really protecting much. But I think it'd be great. To go into like Home Depot wearing the Bane mask. That'd be good. I was born in the dark. Oh, you do that good. Not really. That was a great movie. It was a good movie. That was scary. Yeah. Yeah. So somebody gave my wife a mask. Uh huh. And I can't help it that you look at the thing. Yeah. It's it's a, a friend of hers. It looks like half of a bikini. You, <laughs> okay. You know. So, you know. It just occurred to me. Do you remember? Um, at one of our Christmas parties, we had a uh, gift exchange, you know, one of our... Uh, a white elephant. white elephant one. Yes. And I ended up with a big latex rubber horse head mask. Where is that? I think it's in the kids' playroom. I totally need to go to the store wearing the horse head mask. See, I wanted to get like a Darth I mean, Vader mask. it's a mask. Yeah. Oh, yeah. So, like, what's it matter? It's like, I think... I, my wife is going to be mortified when I say we're going to the store and I'm wearing the horse head mask. Yeah, it'd be awesome. Hide it under the seat. Oh, and then you know when it comes out. Oh, oh yeah, so I've got good. my mask, honey. Yeah. The only I, problem is, is it it gets a little hot and sweaty pretty quick with that thing on. Oh, but I bet. it would be it would be funny. So when my funny. son worked for the Forest Service, yes, sir. Um, you used to have to take turns. It was uh-huh. always the low guy on the totem pole when you'd go to the school to have to go play Smokey, the bear. Oh, really? Yeah. They draw straws for that one. Yeah. Or for the low man on the totem pole. So uh, he, uh, yeah, there's no ventilation in that thing. No, no. I always feel bad for the, for the cow from, from Chick-fil-A. Oh yeah, man. How about the chicken from um, the uh, omelet house? They used to have a chicken out there. Yeah, I remember him. Yeah. Uh Well, there's no, they're not open. No, nothing's open. This is, well, although uh, news came out late on the 20th, so a couple days ago, that uh, San Diego County is, um, we're in stage two, I guess now, and the restaurants are kind of, kind of. How many stages are there? I think there was, well, like one thing was four, and then I heard another six, but I'm pretty sure it was four. It's kind of like cancer. Yeah, yeah, stage four. Wow. Boy. Except I guess four in this case is a good thing. Maybe. I mean, it's like getting back to life. As normal, whatever that is. Escondido normal. Cross connection. Right normal. on, right on, yeah. So, um, but yeah, that's that's interesting. So there are going to be restaurants that are somewhat open with social distancing. Do, so. you, th- do you think we could get a couple of them Top Gun helmets and wear those? Like we're I have the, one of in those. We have one of those in the... With the shield? It doesn't have the face mask, bit, but it definitely has the black shield over the eyes. It's for a person with a smaller head, though. My head oh. is gargantuan. Look at the size <laughs> of that boy's head. I love that movie. It's we like an orange and a toothpick. We can't, we can't, we, but we can't recommend that movie, I don't no. think. It's a virtual planetoid. Oh. It has its own weather system. Oh. Head, move. Oh, oh. Yeah. That was all Mike Myers. Yes. Yes. Oh, wow. Yep. Indeed. gigantic cranium. Hauling that gargantuan <laughs> cranium about. <laughs> He'll be crying himself to sleep tonight on his huge pillow. Mm. You, you know what's funny is I saw that movie, then I went to Scotland. Yeah. And it was just echoing through my head the whole time, <laughs> trying to keep a straight face. So I have a nephew named William. And I can't I can't say William without thinking, William, move your, your head. head. <laughs> Does can't. William have a big No, head? he doesn't. Oh, he doesn't. But in the movie, the, the guy William did. Yeah. You know you know the one I have a lot of trouble with? Huh? Tina. 
No, don't go there. No, no, no. Don't the, go there. The name Tina from Napoleon Dynamite. Know, don't go there. The llama's name is Tina. Oh, goodness gracious. Oh, eat your food, Tina. Yeah. Oh, yeah. So. Uh, Anyways. William and Tina. Yeah. Oh, well. Those are just the crosses we're going to have to bear, bro. I guess so. You know, we got self-control. So we have a discipline. date. We have a date. We do. December 23rd, 2020. Oh. December 23rd. 2020. It's official. Maverick is coming back December 23rd. I can't wait. Well, you have to. It's only May 22nd. Well, was it supposed to come out in July? Uh, It was supposed to come out in June. So it was going to be out in just a few weeks, but no longer, no more. So they're not wanting to put out any movies. Well, I mean, you figured you can't go watch a movie. Although I, I did find it kind of interesting. So there was a movie. I don't remember. I saw this in the news. We'll, we'll get to our news segment in a moment. This is not really an in the news segment news story. But I did see there was a movie that was supposed to come out to the theaters and they're just going to release it direct um, online. If you pay online, you can watch it online. Well, I, I think there was a couple like that. Yeah, that, yeah. that makes sense. Maybe, maybe we'll start moving in that direction where people can just, they'll just have a big release where you can watch it at home and pay the bucks for it. Well, kind of what, a pay-per-view thing. There was a big like kerfuffle here not too long ago with um, one of the studios and the theaters, like AMC or AMC something. AMC is being bought by Amazon. Oh, is that? I think so. Yeah, I think that was. I, there, but there was a, a big argument because they just said, well, you know, maybe in the future we're just going to release movies directly to viewer instead of doing the whole theater thing. Yeah. Which would put some people out of work for sure. Yep. Absolutely. I mean, what would it be like to see a movie without sticky floors and popcorn on the floor and unidentifiable objects? Uh-oh. Uh-oh. Wow. You didn't put your phone on silent. I didn't. That's Mick Majora. Wow. You know what? He doesn't listen to the podcast. I'm shutting oh, him off. Oh, goodness gracious. There you go. Man, I love Mick. Man. Actually, we're going fishing tomorrow. Oh, cool. For so, uh, bluefin? Uh, yes. We're gonna, No, we're going yellowtail fishing locally. Oh, good. Well, if you catch some. I know where to find you. Okay, good. So I'm All actually right. hoping I don't catch a big yellowtail. My back still hurt me. What I'm going to do is drive the boat and let Nick, uh, Mick reel him in. Well, that sounds like fun too. Yeah. So boat driving's fun. You know, this what are you whole doing tomorrow? You want to come fishing? I can't. I wish I could, but this discussion it figures into one of our questions. We might have to come back to Uh-oh. this. I don't remember which one, but if you look through, you will see uh, number four. But we'll get there in a few minutes because, of course, we can't possibly get to the questions this quickly. <laughs> Wow. Some of these things are beating around the bush, too. I can't wait. All right. Let's 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 get there in a minute. First, oh, yeah. first, we have something very, very important. In the news. In the news. In the news. Dateline, May 19th, 2020. Virginia family finds nearly $1 million in bags on the road during a drive. What happened? Did uh, El Chapo's truck turn over or something? A family suffering from cabin fever due to the coronavirus lockdown in Virginia went out for a drive on Saturday and stumbled upon two bags of cash totaling nearly $1 million, according I to a I bet they're glad they did. In an almost Hollywood-style plot twist, David and Emily Sanchez? Scantes? S-C-H-A-N-T-Z? That's not even a real name. Shantz. Shantz. Yeah. Of Caroline huh. County were driving huh. with their Fat children. Fat keeping that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. Driving with their children, they found the bags lying in the middle of the street. The wheels of their pickup drove over what they thought was trash. According to this news reporting agency. Uh, so they, they picked it up and threw it in the back of the car and they didn't check to see what it was until they got home. They examined the contents and they realized that it was bags stuffed with cash. Nearly a million dollars of cash. And they reported it and gave it to the sheriff's department, who says that their actions deserve nothing less than a reward, and they believe that they will be receiving a reward because apparently there's an unnamed source who these bags belong to, and huh. um, they got their money back, which is pretty amazing because those people are a yeah. little more, more ethical than, than most people. Yeah. 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 That's good. Good job. So there you go. Why would though a million dollars? Who knows? Go up? Man. I mean, that I think there's some nefarious activity I would, going on there. Well, but I mean, nothing like that was mentioned in the article. They they said that they knew who it belonged to and they were giving the money back to them. But I, yeah, I know. I mean, that's just strange. 
Very strange. Yeah. I don't know. I don't know. But it's in the news online, so it must it's be It's got to be true. Must be true. Uh, another news story. This is actually from the Wall Street Journal. Wall Street Journal as of May 20th. I remember when that was a legitimate news organization. Well, I kind of like the Wall Street Journal. I, I really? follow them. I still yeah. think that they're mostly good. But however, this is a very interesting article here. Super spreader events offer a clue on curbing the coronavirus. And the author of this article here, he says that we should ban, not just recommend against it, but ban all gatherings over 100 people to stop COVID-19. Absolutely ban all gatherings of more than 100 people. That might significantly affect everything, including church. That would be a problem. Yeah. What do you, what do you think about that? Well, I mean, I mean, <laughs> I know I, what you think about that. Well, I mean, yeah. Okay. <laughs> do I need to go out and just say, that's dumb? But yeah. Anyway, uh, just on a lot of different levels. Like, how safe do you want to be? Really safe. And I think that's that's one of the things that comes up with this whole thing is is like there how many suicides did we have in the United States last year? Forty thousand? Oh yeah, probably maybe somewhere around there. I don't yeah. know. I, I, last time I looked at the CDC, um I've heard of four suicides right now. Right. Yeah. That are related to being locked up. Right. And that's not Well, and not only not only has Suicide and mental health things been affected, but um, domestic violence calls are going through the roof. Right, people that need um, operations that aren't abuse, getting child yeah. abuse has but been. But people in, that need increase. operations that aren't getting yeah. operations, heart disease, uh, are, are you know heart operations have been put aside. People's uh, cancer treatments have been put to the side. Yeah, and so um, I think that you know, there, there's some challenges with all of this. Yeah, some big challenges, and and I don't think anybody ever is going to do. Th- Always make the right decision on those things, but you don't think so. To ban a hot, uh, that is just yeah, and then obviously, uh, that's that's like one of our big constitutional rights too. I mean, being able to assemble right is numero uno. Peaceably, peaceably assemble. You got to make sure you get that peaceably. Peaceably, uh huh. Yeah, that's very subjective. I'm trying to find another article here because it's not letting me in. Because there's a paywall. Do you know what a paywall is? No, paywall. Paywall means you can't look at the article unless, oh, unless you, you subscribe. are a paid subscriber. And this, of course, is with the um, Time, or I'm sorry, the no. New York Times. You better get out your tinfoil hat, your aluminum file hat. The New York Times. I thought that I had printed this it's, off as it's a PDF, but now I can't it's, find it. It's the communist, man. Right. Uh, but basically, um, the this opinion piece from the New York Times, uh, the headline is, Christianity gets weird. Really? That was the headline. Yeah. I could have told you that. But it's not it's not letting me get into it. I, I did read the article, which was pretty interesting, and it was talking about a whole bunch of younger, youngish Christians who are, um, they are very interested in more of the um, early and middle-aged expressions, middle ages, I'm talking about middle ages, not middle age. Yeah, not middle age. Middle ages or uh, medieval Christianity. They're more interested in the the interesting experiences of Christianity and the more liturgical and more high church experiences. So there's been a shift towards uh, Catholicism and Orthodoxy and a number of the other more high church things. But it's it's they're talking about all the kind of weird experiences, Tradition, of traditions and stuff. Yeah, yeah. Christianity gets weird. Mm. But I yeah, I think- my thought was well, it's. It's been it's been weird for a while. Yeah, There's I mean, some weird expressions of Christianity. You think they're going to start bringing back King James again? Talking in King James? Would that really be weird? I mean, isn't that what Paul spoke? Uh, don't think so. Oh, no, goodness, Paul gracious. never spoke King James. Man. In fact, I'm willing to bet that he didn't speak English at all. Let's just go this <laughs> far, okay? He did not speak English, okay? Oh, yes. yes, indeed. Yep. Now, um. Uh, that's pretty much all the news stories I had, but I wanted to remind you, you told me last week that you would have for me a news story this week. You might have forgotten this, but I made a note. A Florida man with a taco as an ID. Do you remember this one? Yes. You want to tell me about the Florida man? You left me kind of wondering. Like, what so was no, it? so this guy, it. drugs and or alcohol may have been involved. Oh, he might have been under the influence. But the uh, he was acting weird, and so they called the police. And so maybe he's one of those Christian weird people. Officers showed up, 
and he had left his wallet uh-huh. at his place of residence, we'll call it. Ah, and so did not have his ID. He showed the officer his taco. Was it a Jack in the Box taco? No, it was just a taco shop. Because you know those those Jack in the Box tacos, they're very effective for IDing bad guys. Yes, they are. Right. The taco of accu- accusation. There you go. Do you know that I talked to that police officer later? Lurch? Yes, that big guy. Oh, my god. That's gosh. probably going to get me in trouble saying that. that. Well, yeah. Well, no. that's what they call him, though, huh? Is that what they call him? I think so. He's a big guy. Yes. I mean, he looks like he should have bolts in his neck. Yeah. Like, if a police officer is coming to your rescue, that's the guy I want. Right. Okay. But if you're a criminal, you don't want no, that guy. You don't. You don't want to mess with this guy. Right. So That's uh, like our friend at the Escondido Police Department, Jeff. Detective Jeff. Yeah. He, he's one of those guys that if he shows up on your doorstep. You're having a as, bad day. As the law. Yeah, you're having a bad day. You're having he's a, a really bad guy. day. Yeah, he's right. a big guy. So when I was keeping the two criminals busy. Yep. From their theft here at the church in the Jack in a Box. I, when I pointed the taco at those guys when he came crashing through the door. Yeah. He knew exactly who those guys were. because I was, ID'd them with I the ID'd taco. them with the taco. The taco of accusation. That's funny. Yeah, so he still remembered that when I talked That's to him. That's awesome. So I saw him at a stoplight the other day. Oh, good. And I'm like, he looked over at me. I looked, I go, yo. There and my go. wife's like, uh, did that guy give you a ticket or something? You know? No, we're friends. We're old yeah, friends, my people. shall we say. We solve crimes together. That's right. Yeah. Okay, so um, that's a great news story. Yeah. Tried to give an ID. Yeah. His taco was an ID. Yeah, and yeah. it didn't work. Guess so not. he was arrested till him, he detoxed. I don't know where that reference came from, but I just Book him, Dano? Yeah, I don't know where that's from. Hawaii Five-0. Oh, really? Okay. If You have to see the old Hawaii Five-0. Yes. So there's a guy, Jack Lord. Okay. And his name was McGarrett, I think was his name. And he had a guy, Dan, ah. that was one of his deputies or whatever. <laughs> and so when somebody get busted, you go, book him, Dano. Oh, well, there you go. And then, you know. I knew the, I knew the phrase. I didn't know the origin. Yes. And they... The corniest, trendiest, like when you go back and see him, well, for you, you didn't live in the 70s, so you don't I know. I lived for one month and a couple days in the 70s. Yeah, no, no. The best this, month of my life. Yeah. Well, I'll tell you, there's some just, yeah. Way better than the last month. Yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Woo. Yeah. Are you tired of this yet? Yeah, I am. I'm tired of this. Yeah. I'm doing normally activities. I'm just twiddling my butt. However, I will say today, last day of school. For me, not for my kids. My kids still have two more weeks. But I don't have any more classes to take. So praise Jesus. God is good. Oh, all the time. All the time. Especially when all the finals and papers and everything are done. What are we going to do with all that free time, Mr. Miles? Well, go fishing. Hey. Actually, I can't go tomorrow. Tomorrow's Saturday. I got some things to do tomorrow around the house. I have some, <laughs> you're not going to believe this. I have some irrigation I have to fix. Some more. I can't imagine. Yeah. You got some new plants you got to water? No, or? I just have some pipes that are not watering the new plants that need to be watered the right way. Okay. Yeah. And one of my areas has way too much pressure. So I need to put some sort of pressure regulating device on it because it just keeps shooting my little my little connectors off because it's just too much pressure. Oh, are these uh, drip irrigation? They are, and they're just too yeah, much they, pressure. They make a little quiza that you put on there that drops yep, your they pressure do. down. I know. I need to, I need buy to one reduce of those. that pressure. I, but don't go to Home Depot. If I do, I want to wear a Bane mask or maybe the, the horse head mask. Why? What's wrong with Home Depot? There's a line. Well, yeah, especially on a Saturday. I would it's say crazy. a Saturday would probably be pretty Lowe's. Better. I've just been rolling right into Lowe's. Yeah. They have I don't the know six, what it is. I have a... I have a. You don't like the blue paint or something? No, I don't know what it is about Lowe's, but for some reason, if given, you know, if out of 10 visits to the hardware store, probably eight of them would be to Home Depot. Well, it's closer. For some reason. For you. No, I don't no, even no, think no, it's the closer really. issue. I don't think it's the closer issue. I don't know what it is. I There's just don't like sitting outside. It's like if you're going to, yeah. you know, if you ask pretty much every mom in the rough age category of my, my wife, uh-huh. Target or Walmart? They'll go Target. Pretty much 99% of the time. You ask them why? I just like Target better. Okay. Be- because Target doesn't has brighter colors. It does not appear as ghetto as well. Gotta love the red. Gotta love the red. Yeah. Yeah. I hate Target. Why? There's nothing in there for men. 
Mm, maybe you're on the wrong floor. Oh, see, I go to the one that's got three floors. I hate yeah. that one. Yeah, I like that one. I, I don't it's like right by that. my house, so that's we go like, there a lot. I, I, you I know mean, what they do have? I stay I, in the car. Okay, let me tell you something that Target has that you can't get anywhere else around here. Stumptown Coffee. Really? Yep. Well, I Target, have people that deliver that. The Target at the mall has Stumptown Coffee. Hmm. So that's where I get my Stumptown Coffee. I'm not a Target guy. Well, you do like Stumptown Coffee. I do. Do you know that Target used to sell ammunition? Did they really? Long time ago. It must have been a really long time ago. In the 80s. Yeah. Yeah. I remember when I was a kid and Target was kind of on the ascendancy. Um, Mm. My my dad, who was very much a by union only guy. Right. Would initially not allow us to go to Target because it was non-union. Non-union store. Non-union. Yeah. I remember that from being, gosh, probably seven, eight years old in the 80s. Well, I have a real concern. Uh Uh-oh. Because I've driven by Peterson's Donuts now. They've been closed far too long. What is going on? That could be a tragedy. You know, you would think that they would be able to, well, it is a very small confined space. Maybe it would be hard for them to make their donuts with people and maintain some social distancing. Dan, the donut man makes donuts? He's doing it, but it's just he and his wife. They live together. That's true. They don't have to distance from one another. Yeah. Hmm. All right, so shall we? um, We should probably get to the questions. Let's do it. All right. So it's not like we're in a hurry. Well, apparently not. <laughs> no, evidently not. All right. Do you think that a future COVID-19 vaccine <sighs> could be the mark of the beast and that we're this close to the rapture? Um, I'm just going to say no. No, I don't think that the COVID-19 vaccine uh, could be the mark of the beast. However, um, I, I do know who sent this question because this same person also sent us a message over our church Facebook thing to have us examine a video of, um, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to use air quotes here, a pastor, a, a pastor who is talking about COVID-19 and the mark of the beast. And he had like a diagram on a whiteboard, the whole, the whole, you, oh, know, yeah. you know, the kind of diagram I'm talking oh, about. Oh yeah. Yeah. All kinds of arrows going up and all, all kinds of diagrams. And he was talking about the 5G he was talking about vaccines. He was talking about mind control. And uh, I didn't watch the whole thing, but I'm sure he probably would have gotten around at some point in time to contrails and, um, and all kinds of other stuff. Um, he was straight up nuts. So mm. no, um, I do not think that COVID-19, the vaccine, has anything to do with the mark of the beast. I do not. I think it might be helpful Okay. To outline a little bit of like what the mark of the beast actually is. Well, I mean, anything we would say people. about the mark of the beast would be speculation. Yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, it, it is something that we, we find in uh, the book of Revelation, mm-hmm. the whole thing of the mark of the beast. And there is this, this kind of view about the mark, someone who receives the mark of his name, the Antichrist, I guess. Uh, you know, Revelation chapter 13, 14, and 15, they all they all talk about the mark of the beast. But there there is speculation that at some date in the future, um, during a period of great trouble and tribulation upon the earth, that there will be a world leader who the Bible would identify as an antichrist or the antichrist, and he causes all, both great and small, to receive a mark, the number of his name, on their right hand or forehead. So, I mean, that's and not speculation, unable, but let's, that's not speculation. This is, what the, this is what the text says. They're unable the to buy to or sell. Yeah. And okay. um, so from that, there's been a lot of uh, speculation, shall we say, mm-hmm. about what that means and what that will be. And I don't know if you remember, but if we back up to like our junior high um, pastor days, mm-hmm. back in the late 90s, 99, 2000, right around then, right around the Y2K, there was a big to-do of a guy who uh, apparently had helped work on a little chip, an implantable chip that would go underneath the skin. but it, And he had this big old thing about how it could only be put on the, under the right hand and the forehead and how this was going to be the mark of the beast. So there's been all these different times that there's been people who have said that this is the mark of the beast and this is the mark of the beast and this is the mark of the beast. And now apparently Bill Gates has a patent for some little thing that's going to leave a little tattoo and it can only be put on your right hand or forehead, which that's not what the patent has to say. Anyways, so these are just extrapolations. So, um, yeah, I do not think that this whole COVID-19 vaccine is in any way related to the market of beast. Um, but, you know, if it turns out I'm wrong, oh, well. I don't yeah. think I'm wrong. Yeah, and I mean, yeah. 
I think just my there, speculation. There was, go ahead. My yes. speculation uh-huh. is when the whole mark of the beast thing happens, it, it wouldn't be written unless it would, right? Right. You're going to know about it. It's not going to be something sneaky. Right. You're going to know about it. You're going to have to make a choice. And I don't think it's a a sneaky thing. I mean, it's it's going to be a pretty upfront thing. Now, yeah. are we approaching that? We already have that for the most part now. Uh, you mean like a cashless society type thing? Well, that and I mean, everybody technically has a number. True. Uh, yeah. With modern DNA technology, you can have a number ascribed to your DNA. That's not a problem. That's nothing new. That's technology that's been around for a long time. So uh, the vaccine thing, uh, I don't think that that's the mark of the beast. So the other side of this question was, do you think that we are close, this close to the rapture? And uh, we've talked about this a little bit before on the questions podcast, stuff about end times. There is a segment of Christians who believe that there will be a sudden removal of the church from the earth seven years prior to Jesus's second coming. This is generally referred to as a pre-tribulation rapture, and that during those last seven years, that's when the whole thing with the Antichrist will take place. And um, in my lifetime, um, there have been, gosh, I don't know, at least a half dozen different times where the church um, has spoken up loudly to say, this is it, it's the end, the end is near. And I will say exactly what Paul said. We are nearer to our salvation than when we first believed. So we're closer today than we were yesterday. We'll be closer tomorrow than we are today. And um, But the Lord could come back at any time. Uh, ultimately, what we're looking forward to is the second coming of Jesus Christ. We do at Cross Connection, both you and me believe, Mark, that um, Jesus will come to the earth one day, his second coming, and he will establish a kingdom and he will rule and reign here upon the earth, we believe, for a thousand years or somewhere thereabout, called the millennial reign of Christ. Uh, hasn't happened yet, and until it happens, we got work to do. Right, and I think the, these type of things... Mm-hmm tend to tickle the ears, and, and so to speak. That they do. My ears are itching. Oh, yeah. And they take us, they distract us from what we're supposed to do. And Pastor Miles, what are we supposed to be doing? Oh, somewhere in the book pray of John. tell. Yes. Oh, pray tell. Yes. I, You know, one of my favorite passages dealing with this whole issue is when Jesus has this last conversation with his disciples, which... Did you realize that just yesterday was the celebration of the very day? Yes. Because yesterday is the Ascension, celebration of the Ascension on May 21st. In, uh, in Germany, we call it Christi Himmelfart, which we oh, yeah. really like that. That's the best. His heaven exit. Yeah. Jesus' heaven exit. Uh, so, yeah, so Ascension Day was yesterday. And on the day that Jesus ascended into heaven, 40 days after the resurrection, and... Uh, we know that Jesus' disciples asked him, it's recorded in Acts chapter 1, verse 6, Lord, will you at this time restore the kingdom of Israel? They were really focused on end times, kingdom theology sort of stuff. Politics. There you go. Yeah. Jesus said, it is not for you to know. The times are the seasons which the Father has put into his own authority, but you shall receive power when, you, when the Holy Spirit comes upon you, and you shall be witnesses of me in Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria, and to the uttermost parts. So um, that gives us some real inclination as to what we ought to be doing until the Lord comes back, being witnesses. And in Matthew chapter 24 and 25, which is called the Olivet Discourse, it's the teaching from Jesus that ha- that a lot of people believe has to do with the end times and the second coming. He finishes his teaching with three parables, and the point of those parables is basically that we need to be watching and waiting and working until the Lord comes. So, um, yeah, that's what we need to be doing. Make disciples. Of all nations. Yeah, so get with the program. There we go. That's, That's what good. we're hoping to do. Yeah. So not a bad question. No, great it's question. It's a question that's out there. I'm glad they brought Absolutely. it up. So, um, Twelve hundred churches, number two. Twelve hundred churches in California are planning on holding Sunday, 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 May thirty first in their facilities. Are we going to join them? Uh, no, we are not going to join them. That's a negatory. Not in the way that that some of these churches are talking about anyway. So what these churches? There are a whole bunch of churches in California and other places in the nation that are focusing on May 31st, which is a week from this Sunday, to have church services in their facilities. And um, But what they don't tell you a lot of times is that they're going to do these services with um, what is called CDC guidelines. So 
It involves a whole bunch of social distancing and all kinds of different things. Thermometers and yeah, questions. Questionnaires and, and no corporate singing is one of the things, although I think some of the people are planning on doing some corporate singing. Um, so there's a whole bunch of uh, churches that are talking about having services in their facility on the 31st, which happens to be, and I'll mention this this weekend as well, it happens to be a very important day in the Christian calendar, just like yesterday was. Yesterday was Christy Himmelfart, uh, Ascension Day. Yeah. Uh, May 31st is the celebration of Pentecost, which is actually kind of like the birthday of the church. Yeah, big so deal. So the church it's was a real born, big deal. Yeah. birthed by the Lord, by the Holy Spirit on uh, Pentecost. So that is May 31st is Pentecost, which is 50 days after Easter. So, um, So that's coming up. So... Uh, there are a number of churches that are going to be having services in their facility, but with CDC guidelines. And um, I think as we've talked about this, thought about this, prayed about this, um, just not the timing is best for us. And we're not really interested in doing the whole socially distanced thing at the moment. Uh, we have something better, we think, that we're going to hopefully be doing as soon as we have kind of the open door to be able to meet with small groups. So when the, when the recommendations are released, shall we say, that you shouldn't have groups of 10 or 20, then we're going to invite our connect group hosts to host watch parties in their homes and uh, be kind of like, just like Acts chapter 2, where the church was birthed, that they met from house to house. Yeah, you know, I, I, and we have responsibility to people yes. to be shepherds and make wise decisions. And I, I just read kind of a sad story uh, today about, uh, I guess the church decided they were going to go ahead and do choir practice. Yep. And 80-some uh, percent of the people got COVID. Yep. And two of them died. Yes, indeed. And I don't I don't want to have that kind of shepherding, you know, on my record, so to speak. I, I don't, I'm not afraid, but I just don't see the, uh, I just don't see the wisdom in that for us currently. Right. Uh, so... And I thought it was great that El Presidente today, you know, came out and called churches essential. I, I think like that was... Like we didn't know that, but yes. We knew that. But I yeah. mean, I think it was great that he gave us the nod. He was very uh, uh, supportive of church and, and made a point to say that, you know, we could certainly use more prayer, not less prayer. And so I really appreciated his nod towards that, but um, that's great. So Thank interestingly, but it's not going to really change anything we're doing. There was another uh, article that came out actually in the New England Journal of Medicine this morning, and um, it talked about disease transmission at church events. And from this article, at least thirty-eight percent of ninety-two uh, ninety-two people who attended an event at an Arkansas church earlier in March developed uh, laboratory-confirmed COVID nineteen, and they actually got it from the pastor and his wife. They found them to be patient zero and the, the whole situation. Bummer. And, um, and as a result, there was a, a few people who did die, like you mentioned, and it was spread to other people in the community that, that found it through contact tracing and so forth, going back to this church service. So, um, you know, I know there's some people that are questioning the logic of all this, but um, at the moment, we're still, we're still rejoicing and worshiping the Lord, rejoicing in and going through his scripture, his word on Sunday mornings. We're just doing it virtually. Yeah, a little Which, different. you know, Paul kind of did that by sending letters to churches. That was kind of like the virtual way of gathering and teaching the church 2,000 years ago. Boy, you waited a long time for a podcast back then, huh? I guess you did. Yeah. yeah. You yeah. got like wasn't one or two. To your phone. Yeah. Boy, what do you think Paul could have done with social media and online, you know, YouTube and podcasts? I mean, he'd have been dangerous. Man, seriously. We got to get our act together. Yeah, we need to be a little more dangerous. Yeah. Yeah. So that's what we're doing. I think that answers it. Yeah, I think so. That was a long way around that yeah, answer. Yeah, it's okay. Well, you know, people want to know. Inquiring minds. Inquiring minds. Inquiring minds. Exactly. Number three. Number three. So God created man and without asking them now holds them to a standard after being born in a sinful state and then tortures them for all eternity after man doesn't live to his standard? Question mark. Well, that certainly is a point of view. Yeah, so this actually was sent in after uh, the service on Sunday. And um, from the service on Sunday, it had to do with point number two. And point number two said this, God gave us the capacity to choose how we will respond to his offer of peace. And he will one day hold us responsible for how we respond, which is true, totally true. Can prove that from the Bible. So uh, someone sent in this question over Facebook. 
and, um, you know, basically said, so what you're saying is, which I always love when someone says, so what you're saying is, cause it's like, yeah, I didn't say that. Um, but basically, so what you're saying is God created man without asking him, you know, he didn't ask him whether or not he could create him. And then he holds them to a standard after being born in a sinful state. So basically this person is assuming that God created them sinful and then tortures them for their sin for all eternity after man doesn't live according to his standard. So I had a number of things that came to my mind as I was reading through this in response to the point on Sunday. And uh, first thing is um, to assume that God needs to ask our permission is, uh, you know, it reminds me of, <laughs> the words of Paul in Romans, you know, when he's Who questioning, <laughs> yeah, yeah, shall the shall the pot say to the potter, "Why have you thus made me?" And yeah. so it's coming out of the book of Isaiah. So you know, um, the the pomposity, shall we say? See, I the word haughty, was yeah, going and my I mind. liked pompous, the yeah, pomposity, the pomposity, the pomposity of it all. To think that God needs to ask our permission um, on this whole thing is is kind Ooh, of funny. I think I just made up a word, preposterous. Yeah. <laughs> preposterous is it no preposterous wanna, oh there's pre, there's preposterous but no i'm thinking pomposterous okay well, there you go when there you're being you pompous it. and ridiculous at the same time ah, yeah there you go ah preposterous um, and then the other thing you know hurry let's get that website <laughs> the other the other assumption in this question is that he created us sinful from the start which i i don't think that that in any way uh is what we find in the scriptures i think what we find in the scriptures is that God, when he made Adam and Eve at the very beginning, as it's described in Genesis chapter 1 and 2, he says it is good, and um, he did not make them sinful. However, it is my conviction from my reading of the scriptures, my study of theology, that God, as constrained by his nature, and John tells us in 1 John that God is love, so he's the embodiment of love, if we could even say the embodiment of, but at his very nature, he is love. And so God, constrained by his nature, created as he did, so that we would have a choice. So, you know, it would not be in accordance with the nature of God being love to force us, those made in his image, to worship him and to love him. And so he gave us the choice, the capacity for choice. And the the best of us, Adam and Eve, they chose to disobey God and rebel against him. And as a result, now the whole world is sold under sin. This is what Paul says in Romans chapter 5, verse 12. So, um, yeah, and then the idea that God, you know, almost enjoys torturing people, that's actually against the scriptures too. Ezekiel chapter 18 and also in Ezekiel chapter 33, it says that God does not delight in the destruction or the judgment of the wicked. So it's not like God enjoys people being judged, but that is the, the consequence of sin and rebellion. And, um, and then, you know, this fails to recognize also that... God has offered grace and mercy, which was a part of the message on Sunday. He has offered grace and mercy and peace in Jesus Christ. And so we, we have the opportunity to receive that. So yeah, it's not like you got to climb a mountain, you know, barefoot over a bed of nails or something to, to no. accept Christ. You just got to put down your own pomposity, yeah. <laughs> pomposterousness and uh, accept him and then hey, live ben. in. So. Yeah. Turn to Jesus. It's not that hard. No. Yeah. Not complicated. If you think it's hard to live with Jesus, try doing it without him for a while. Yeah, that's a good point. Yeah. As Dr. Phil says, how's that working? How's that there? working for you? Yeah. Okay. Number four. This is, I love this <laughs> You one. like this This one. is a great question because, first of all, it's throwing us in with three billionaires. Yeah, I like that. Yeah. yeah. I mean, we couldn't buy the so steam off of a I'm hot lunch. on the same level. Yeah. Okay, yeah. here we go. Well, I mean, I'm yeah, I'm spiritually rich. Okay, the three billionaires have the following hobbies: Bill Gates plays chess. chess. I think not chess. Meant chess. 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 Yeah. yeah, I mean, we'll he, change that. On he the... better not be. Yeah, <laughs> chess. Okay, uh, Warren Buffett plays the ukulele. Really? Yeah. I did not know that. Yeah, An instrument invented by the Portuguese, by the way. Just throw that out oh, there. Oh, really? Yeah, a we... wee little guitar for the Portuguese. There you go, man. A little like little little mini guitar. Yeah. Um. Three, Mark Cuban exercises six days a week. Uh-huh. What do you two do or what hobbies do you have to relax? Well, uh, as Cat soon as we're juggling. As soon no, as no. we're billionaires, I guess uh, we can better we can, we can do stuff. We can do some uh, I guess you gotta be a billionaire to have a hobby. 
Um, you know, I saw this uh, documentary on Warren Buffett a few years ago, and he and Bill Gates are friends. Really? And they they actually like to play bridge together. Have you ever played bridge? Yes. I've never played bridge. It's definitely, uh, this is going to get me into it's trouble. It's not it's easy. It's kind of like an old person game. Well, that's because it's an ancient, it's an old game. It's an old game. Yeah. But, but yeah, so I guess that's one of their hobbies. They like to play bridge together. The two billionaires playing bridge. But, you know, apparently Bill Gates plays chess and Warren Buffett plays ukulele and Mark Cuban exercises six days a week. So what do you like to do to relax, Miles? This. This is relaxing. The podcast. <laughs> this is my hobby. <laughs> yeah. Man, I'm sorry. I'll be praying for you, bro. No, I've had no, no time yeah, for... this a, is fun. I've had no time for hobbies uh, the last... Well, let's say the last, like, 60 days. Okay. But yeah. you like to golf. I do like to golf. In fact, I was invited to go play golf today with some friends, but... I'm recording the podcast. You did the podcast instead. I did. I did. Duty before. That's right. Yeah. That's right. Wow. And I'm also writing a message for Sunday. So, oh, well, that's probably. So I had to say no. Yeah, you might want to get that Maybe done. next week. Maybe next yeah. week. So yeah, I like to play golf. Once upon a time, uh, you and I, we got scuba certified together. Yes. So we could go scuba diving. And how many times have we gone scuba diving in the last three years since well, we got I, scuba I've certified? Gone, I've gone a couple more times than you, but yeah, not Yeah, I've gone zero. So. Zero times. I, yeah. I love to travel. That's kind of a hobby. See, I don't like to travel. Why don't you like to travel? It's such Are a... you a homebody? No. No? I just don't like... I mean, I'll like jump on an airplane. Yeah. I mean, that's what we're taking. Travel, we're talking about airplanes. Yeah, right? yeah, that's what I would be thinking. So I'll go through all the hassle of the airplane, getting put in there like a sardine, because I don't fit in seats good. You know, oh, okay. It's always, they're always short. They're made yeah. for like people that are like... Five five or something. But yeah, I remember having a conversation one time with this girl, and she couldn't have been more than like five foot three. And she's talking about, oh, flying's not that bad. And I was like, yeah, yeah your feet like don't even hit the floor when you sit in an airplane. Exactly. Yeah. They bring her a high chair. Yeah. yeah. So, yeah. So, I will jump on an airplane to go travel to do something. If like I'm going to go fish for something, okay, yeah, or go hunting or something like that. There's a purpose at the end of it. Yeah. But to just go lay around. I mean, like, see, I love doing that. See, like, to go on a trip just about anywhere I love to do. Really? Yeah. Well, that's cool. That's good for you. Good for you. So I like to, I like to fish. Yep. I like to play with old cars, work on old cars. That's relaxing for me. Check. Scuba diving is, I don't get to do it a lot, but it's an interest, but I don't get to do that. Uh huh. Um, I like to, I ride mountain bikes. Uh, yes, you at do. least twice a week. Try yeah. to with other guys. I love to bike pack, which is camping and bike packing. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. um, I like. I love to hunt. Yeah, that makes it so I can spend time with my son. There and, you go. You know that. Um, let's see. You got. You got a quite. A few I hobbies. got a lot of hobbies. You got a lot of hobbies. I got a lot of hobbies. But I yeah. can switch from one to one. Like tomorrow, I'm going to go fishing. Yeah, that's a good one. I what I have found is I like to do hobbies now that I can share with other. So you people. don't play the ukulele. I don't play the ukulele, and I don't do interpretive dance either. Do you work out six days a week? No. no. I mean, I ride my bike twice a week. Well, there you go. I'm not a workout guy. I, I, was, um, I did enjoy the hobby of running until, I don't know, maybe like five months ago. I haven't done well, it since. What happened? It, it, I fell off the wagon. It got hard, huh? No, it's, I just, I went and I ran a half marathon two days before Christmas. Uh, and, then, uh, and then I was like, yeah, I'm done for a while. And, it, you know, once you stop, it's very hard to start again. You I find bet. something, you know, I tasty. Something, there. I had something there on my. <laughs> wow, we sampled the we sampled the communion cracker, and I, oh, that's I looked right, down that's and right. I go, "Wow, I got a communion cracker here. I better check that out." Yeah, that's <laughs> really good. Word. Yeah. Anyways, yeah. So yeah, I guess that. we didn't have the video running. They would have loved was that. Pretty funny. Yeah. So anyway, <laughs> wow. All right, I think that answer is number four. Yeah, I think we got. Yeah. That was a very personal question. Well, I mean, that's very nice. Surf fishing, nice. long walks on the beach. Oh yes, yes. Okay, that's what we do to relax. Yes. Oh, gosh. Number five. All right. On Sunday, Pastor Miles said that before God renders judgment, he always offers grace and extends words of peace. Are you saying that this is extended to non-believers? And when and how does this happen? Yes. Yes, absolutely. I mean, the Prince of Peace, Jesus, came to the earth to offer peace, to give us salvation from sin and death through the cross. Through his sacrifice on the cross. So how does this happen? How and when does this happen? When um, when he extends the gospel to people. So we get to be a part of that. 
we get to share the gospel with people who don't yet trust in Jesus Christ so that they can receive grace and peace in Jesus Christ as well. So how and when does that happen? Well, it happens when you share the gospel with someone. That's one way of putting it, I think. There you go. Yeah. You have any thoughts on that, Mark? I just know that God is always more merciful. Yeah. Uh, less rigid, I think, than we are at times. So some things he's very rigid about, but um, more merciful, more gracious, more kind, more loving. Uh, I feel that one of my spiritual gifts is I'm able to judge a person's heart pretty well at times to see what they're doing, and maybe discernment, you'll call that. But God is infinitely so much better at that than I am. Yes. And so to actually know... He knows what's in our hearts. And so he's probably able to extend grace to people that uh, you and I wouldn't. That's for Is sure. Is that fair to say? Yes. Uh, because he understands exactly what's going on in their heart. And then, you know, I, I, you've probably seen this too. I've met some pretty difficult, not so nice people over the years. And when you start to know, like, how they grew up, some of the disadvantages yeah. they've had or things like that, you start to understand them a little bit more. And you start to understand what built that. And so, yes, we have a responsibility to flee evil. But I think when you start to spend a little time just trying to be a little more uh, sympathetic or uh, to people and to hear their stories, you realize in certain situations, these people never had a chance. And so much of their upbringing or situations that came to them were things that you and I never had to suffer through. And so I think uh, it's very important to try to, understand where people come from and, and their story, so to speak. And so God knows their story. So, and I'm thankful for that because Amen. I want all that for me. Amen. All right. Okay. Monday on channel 18. Our, our broadcast or our show, if you will, shows up on Cox channel 18 and time Warner or something on Monday. Really? Yeah. Wow. Something like that. Okay. It's in our bulletin, but I haven't seen a bulletin in like 12 yeah, weeks. Yeah. I was going to say, I'm, what are those? I don't know. Pastor Miles mentioned Matthew twelve thirty six. I tell you that everyone will have to give an account on the day of judgment for every idle word spoken. Idleness, they must have went to their dictionary, their funk and wagnalls, or their Webster. Webster, I like the Webster. Yeah, the, the Webster. original 1828 Webster. There you go, man. Idleness is the quality, state, or condition of being lazy or inactive. Mm. The quality of groundlessness, worthlessness, or triviality. Mm. Now the teasing, joking around, aren't those idle words you guys do and we all do? No, absolutely not. <laughs> okay. We, we want to talk about Let's that? just go to number seven. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> just forget it, Dorothy. Uh, I don't know. Man. I think this is a Dorothy question. You're, you're 100% right. Because she's a, very concerned about idle she, words. She really is, and I think that she's sent us basically this same question several times. I Just, think she's very concerned that she's been being idle. Yeah. It's okay, Dorothy. You're going to be okay. I think I think it is words are important. They are important. Words spoken against the Lord, words spoken against the church, words spoken against the people that God created, I do think have some gravity and some magnitude. So watch what you say. And I think um particularly in the area of gossip, I think you have to be really careful with that because I think it can have eternal ramifications. So I would agree on that. I think people having joy and hanging out and, you know, laughing and joking and things like that. I'm not talking about coarse jesting now. Right. I, I think it's very helpful to look at this verse in context. Yes. Because if so, you don't have context. So beginning at verse 33 correct. of Matthew 12, Jesus says, either make the good uh, the tree good and its fruit good, or else make the tree bad and its fruit bad, for a tree is known by its fruit. Brood of vipers! Woe unto you, Pharisees, children of Bewile! How can you, being evil, speak good things? For out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks. A good man out of the good treasure of his heart brings forth good things, an evil man out of the evil treasure of heart, his heart brings forth bad things. But I say to you that for every idle word men speak, they will give an account. In the day of judgment. For by your words you'll be justified, and by your words you'll be condemned. So it's yeah. it's really important to see the context here because God transforms our hearts. Mark 7 is a great place for this as well, where Jesus talks about how um, 
evil thoughts and evil actions come from our hearts? Where, where does adultery and all these yep. things come from? Out of the heart. And our words, as Jesus says in this passage, uh, they come from the heart. And so when we talk about every idle word, ultimately it's revealing and it's an indication of an evil heart. So what we're really going to stand before God for one day is not necessarily going to be every little coarse jesting, shall we say, or mm-hmm. idle word, you know, the things that we forgot we said or those sort of things. It's the issue of the heart. So the heart is actually the bigger issue in this passage. It's just that your words, they reveal your heart. So, right. And I know like in definitely in counseling situations, particularly in marriage counseling, mm-hmm. um, we talk about the heart because that's where our attitudes and our words and come from. And ultimately those words manifest themselves in not always great ways. That communication is not good. And so uh, kind of stripping that all down to see where everybody's heart's at is like key when you start in these, these type of uh, uh, trying to solve these things. And we're told to guard our hearts. They're the wellspring of life. And so just with all diligence. So camp out on that a little bit. There you go. There you go. Set up your tent there. So, yeah. Number seven. All right. Oh, that's on the back side here. Here we go. go. All right. Wow. Point three said that God's judgment will be final and complete. What do you think about purgatory? What about universalism? Mm. Do you believe that hell is eternal torment? Or what do you think about annihilism? Annihilationism. Annihilationism. We, we've talked about this before. We, yeah, this has come up before. Exhaustively. Uh, number one, yeah. Number one, let's talk about purgatory for just a moment. There is a, a view in Catholic theology about a place that you go, kind of an in-between place where there's a time of uh, purification, if you will, and there was a teaching. If you go back, you know, 600 years or so ago, five, 600 years ago into Catholicism, especially there was a teaching that you as a good Catholic partaking or praying and observing the... the um, the uh, sacraments and so forth on behalf of other people in purgatory, you can help them to, you know, make their way to heaven a little bit quicker. Of course, this is one of the things, one of the things that helped lead Martin Luther to bring about or, you know, kind of further. So you're you're saying he saw it a little differently. Well, he was a Catholic priest, Catholic monk. Yeah. um, But he, he had issue with some of the teaching that was coming from the Vatican at that point in time, having to do with purgatory and indulgences. They were selling indulgences to help spring people out of purgatory. Buying a stairway to heaven? Basically for your family members who were in wow. purgatory. So, Zeppelin so was the theologically correct. The, the view of purgatory, mm. uh, we do not believe, is, is um, it's not found in the scriptures. I don't see it in the scriptures. Okay, what about universalism? Universalism is the idea that hell, well, if there is kind of a hell or whatnot, then that place, it basically helps as a purifying, and ultimately everybody ends up, in heaven. So that's kind of the universalist idea is that ultimately all roads lead to heaven. And if there is anything akin to hell, then it's basically a purification that prepares people for um, heaven. So we don't believe in universalism. Um, Do we believe that hell is eternal torment or what sometimes is referred to as eternal conscious torment? Or do we believe in annihilationism, which is also sometimes referred to as conditional immortality? Um, The the vast majority of, shall we say, Protestant Christians believe in a literal, actual hell that is a place of torment. And most uh, Protestant Christians believe in eternal conscious torment, that people will be in eternity forever uh, receiving judgment. Now, there is a view, and it's pretty much everybody in Protestant Christianity, generally believes that there's varying degrees or levels of that torment, uh, but most people believe in a in a current, or eternal conscious torment. Now, on the issue of annihilationism, and we have talked about this before, yeah. conditional immortality. I am very sympathetic to the conditional immortality annihilationist position. It's um, it's held by a minority of theologians in um, Protestant Christianity, but some very strong, good, solid theologians have believed in uh, what is referred to as annihilationism. And this is the idea, essentially, there's a lot more to it than this, but essentially when we read at the end of Revelation that death and hell were cast into the lake that burns with fire, that at that point in time when, we, when people experience the second death, that there will be a total annihilation of those people that did not put their trust and faith in Christ for salvation. So they're, so not, they're not in not pain be, or suffering anymore. Right, they're, they're not going to be in, in a place called hell forever and ever and ever and ever. 
just constantly paying for their sin, if you will. So the idea is annihilationism. They'll be totally annihilated. And the other side of this conditional immortality is that the human soul is not immortal, but that we receive immortality as a gift of mm. God in Christ. Paul talks about this in one of his letters to Timothy, where he says that Christ is brought to light life and immortality through the gospel. So the view of conditional immortality is that we are not, by nature, immortal souls, and that we only receive immortality when we put faith in Jesus. And like I said, I'm very sympathetic to the annihilationist position, and I think that there's there's a substantial amount of evidence that you could say, okay, this uh, this could be proved by Scripture. Um, so... And, and I do think it's not, an, it's not an essential doctrine in the sense annihilationism. Ultimately, God will judge all people who have not trusted in him and have rebelled against him and committed blasphemy of the Holy Spirit, uh, which is rejecting the gift of God in Christ. Um, they will be judged. So why will risk they, it? Will they be I annihilated? Say. I don't know. Yeah. Um, do I, do I like the idea? Yeah. I, would rather, I would rather the annihilationist position than people be tormented forever and ever and ever and ever. If I was going to hell, that's what I'd want. Right, yeah. Yeah, but I'm not going to hell. Amen, because of Jesus. Exactly. Exactly. Is that your final answer? One I, more question, I, I, I think. Could, I could phone a friend, but... Yeah, we've done that before. Yeah, um, okay. <laughs> I like this question, because right. it reminds me of another question. Oh, okay. Could, could, could God make a burrito so big that even he couldn't eat it? These illogical questions. Yes, exactly. Okay. This is not really entirely illogical, but it reminds me of that one. Okay. If Jesus and God are one, how can it be that Jesus doesn't know when he will return? That is a good question. Uh, yeah, that's not a that's not a that's not a lame question. That's a good question. Yeah. So this comes he, from what's the deal? Two... He doesn't got a watch, he doesn't got a calendar. What's the deal? This kind of comes from two different passages of Scripture. One is from the Olivet Discourse, uh, where Jesus is talking about the end days and his second coming, his return. And he says in Matthew 24, it's also recorded in, in Luke's Gospel as well, or in uh, um, uh, Mark's Gospel, and probably in Luke's Gospel too, because the, the Olivet Discourse is in all three. Uh, but in, in Matthew's Gospel, he says in verse 36 of chapter 24, but of the day and hour no one knows not even the angels in heaven, but my Father only. So that's one place. And then another place is a verse that we read earlier in, mm -hmm. in Acts chapter 1, where in Acts chapter 1, he says, it's not for you to know the times or the seasons which the Father has put in his own authority. So uh, within the Godhead, we believe in a triune God as Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. One God exists in three persons, the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. We see that throughout the scriptures, revealed in various passages. And there, there is in the Godhead it seems to be just like Jesus made himself a little lower than the angels. And uh, we see him, the kenosis of Jesus, where he, God becomes a man and, you know, he's equal with God, but thought it not robbery to be um, equal with God, but made himself of no reputation, taking on the form of a servant. That's in Philippians chapter two, verses five through 11. So there seems to be a submission of certain things of the son to the father. And one of those is knowing the time or the season of the return. That, that seems to be what we can ascertain from the scriptures that um, Jesus has relinquished that into the hands of the Father. So do you think he knows now? I don't know. You get the plot thickens. Mm. He's just waiting. You know what's great? For the Father to come to the Son to say, go get your Yo, bride. yo, son, go, come on, let's do this. Zola. It's time. Zola Levitt. There you go. There you go. Hmm. I think that might answer it, but but yeah, that's kind of the general view on this. Is that Mostly answered. The Son has submitted that knowledge into the hands of the Father and does not know. I mean, he's not going to lie to us when he says no man knows, not even the Son. So I'm assuming Jesus is telling the truth. Why doesn't he know? I don't know. I love Jesus, and I ain't lying. <sighs> Left Eddie. Yep. I think that about wraps up all our questions. Do you have any final words, Pastor I, Mark? I have none. Pray that I catch fish. Tomorrow. I'm praying you catch some fish because you will benefit. From I would this. like some some fish. I like yeah. I like yellowtail. Check it out. So I'll have Mick reel them in, and then I'll drive the boat. You clean them and fry them. There you go. There you go. Oh man, I feel the need. I threw out. I threw out I a top gun. I don't think we can get through an episode without a top gun. No, 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 man. Yeah. We're so, I'm so excited about this. I'll hook them. You clean them and fry them. Are we going to go the first day it opens? Well, here's the problem. 
What day is the 23rd on? What's the problem with the 23rd? It's on Cross Sunday, Connection Church. No, 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 no. December 23rd at Cross Connection Church. Oh, it's Christmas, Christmas Eve. Eve. Yeah. Yeah, Christmas Adam. So that's kind of a that's kind of our tradition here. And if we bugged out, bugging out and going home, if we bugged out and went to see Top Gun on the day that we're supposed to do Christmas Eve Eve service, that might be frowned upon. We might get into trouble. <laughs> but what if Christmas we, Eve? What if there's still COVID going on? Christmas Eve. We could go oh, in the man. morning. Oh man, there's no way we're still gonna be doing this. Come the 23rd of December. Yeah, homie, don't I might eat that. my words. I might eat my yeah, words. Don't. I hope Yeah, not. I mean, you're the same guy. We were getting ready to go to four services. Remember um, that? Yeah, the week before all this. Boy, went oh, what a bunch goodness. of prophets we yeah, were. Huh? I don't know what I'm talking about. I know, I know stuff about the Bible. I don't know anything about the future. Except that Jesus is coming. There you someday. go. I know that. So... Okay, well... Come quickly, Lord. Come quickly. Amen. Come right. quickly, Lord Jesus. Well,